Welcome to another bonus episode of our I Am Preaching series. This is a time where we take a deep dive into the names of God. We unpack some of the stories in scripture and share some reflections on what those names of God mean for us today in our culture. We hope you enjoy the episode and uh, join us again next time. Well, welcome back to another episode of Unpacking Our I Am series. Great to have Maddie and Zeke on the podcast again this week. Thanks, Jez. Um, so week three, so we've done Jehovah Jireh in week one. We have done Jehovah Nissi in week two. So for those listening, if you want to jump back and um, have a listen to those, love to encourage you to do that. And today we're unpacking Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my healer or mm. the Lord who heals broken things. Mm. Um, the third installment in our I Am series that we've been working through as a church at Discovery over the past few weeks. So looking forward to unpacking that with you guys today. Maybe just a quick recap because this was a message that I shared on the weekend with our church. Um, really enjoyed the opportunity to dive into this one and the preparation process and the learning uh, that I got to do just in, in you know, preparing and studying for the message. But we talked about Jehovah Rapha, that word Rapha coming up 60 times in the Old Testament, mm. means to repair, to mend, to heal, to restore. And then obviously paired with Jehovah, the Lord is my healer. But um, the main thing that I really wanted to invite our church to consider is that sometimes we siphon it off and just think about it in the context of physical healing or the healing of medical conditions or sicknesses and illnesses mm. when actually the invitation from God when he reveals himself as as the healer of the Israelites to, to his people is that uh, he is interested and intimately involved in every area of their lives, not just mm. their physical health and healing. And he uses this example and refers back to the plagues that came upon the Egyptians, which affected every area of their life and livelihood. Mm. And so we know that that idea of him being the restorer is more than just our physical health. It definitely includes that, mm. uh, but it's about whole of life. We serve a holistic God who is intimately involved in every part of your life, your family, your workplace, your schooling, your finances, your housing, everything you can think of. He cares about it and mm. he wants to be involved. So that was kind of the big idea. And then we talked a bit about, you know, uh, God heals people miraculously right throughout scripture sometimes without them being involved at all. And then there are also lots mm. of examples where we're invited to partner with God in our mm. healing and it's the faith of the person or the people around them uh, that has a has a role to play in seeing healing come to somebody. So they were some of the kind of the big ideas that we talked about and then we also, mm. uh, we also spent some time just asking the question, why doesn't everyone get healed? Mm. Sometimes we pray for people or we pray for ourselves to be healed and we're full of faith and we're believing God and it doesn't happen and we have to wrestle with the tension mm. of, of why that is. So to open it up, that's a quick recap. You can go back and hear the full message on our podcast or on YouTube uh, if you haven't had a chance to have a listen yet. But just love to hear from you guys. Opening thoughts, when you hear that term, that name of God, Jehovah Rapha, when you think about the nature and the character of God that he is wanting to reveal to us in that name, what do you think about what comes to mind? What do you want to share with our listeners today mm. just to get us started? For me, I always think about, well, what would that have that name have meant to the original hearers? So imagine you're Israel and you've come out of Egypt. You've been through the Red Sea. You've now been in the desert three days. You arrive at the 
water that you think is going to be beautiful, it's bitter. Um, which I think reflects the bitterness in their hearts. Lord turns the water sweet and then makes this promise, I'm not going to bring on you any of the plagues that I brought on the Egyptians because I'm the God who heals you. What are they thinking about? I One thing I don't think they think is, oh, great, that means we're never going to get sick again. Mm. Like I don't think that's the first thing in their minds. Mm. Like the first thing in their minds is, okay, this God is different to all the gods that we've just left in Egypt. Mm. And the thing that makes him different to all those other gods is he's a God who heals. He's mm. not a God who makes us sick. Um, he's a God who wants to bring restoration rather than a God who's going to bring disease or barrenness or things like that. And so I don't think they go, oh, that's it now. Great. It's a ticket. Mm. Never going to get a cold again. Mm. Never going to like, um, never going to get it. There's something it says more about who God is rather than what it means, what they're kind of going to get out of it. Um, so I think that should frame the way that we think about about the about the story. What were those gods? I loved your pick up on the weekend, Jodes, about each plague in Egypt mm. was God's declaration of His sovereignty, mm. and was and was an indictment or a judgment upon those gods. Mm. The God, your God of the Nile is nothing. Mm. Like he, he's bad. He's not, he's like, he's not as powerful. As, and so Moses kind of steps in as really the first Old Test, like the first prophet mm. to declare judgment on the gods of the earth. And, um, and that's significant. And so then God reveals himself as this healer. And so I thought it was really rich. Mm really rich story what's interesting about that is you know the people had been mm. enslaved in egypt for 400 years and they still believed that god existed but they had stopped as in the god of abraham the Isaac, god capital g yeah, yeah 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 as in the god so who brought yeah who they spoke to so abraham. they they still believed in god and they believed that mm. he existed but they had stopped relying on him for their provision and their deliverance yeah, 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 yeah. and they had started to rely on all of these egyptian gods of the, yeah. the gods of the place where they were so there was literally a god of the sun a god of the river a god of childbirth a god of the crops a yeah. god of the desert yeah. all of these like nature gods yeah. that they were worshiping yeah. for their good fortune and their food and their yeah. living and their yeah. fertility and all of these things and so yeah it's quite remarkable that that God reveals himself in that way by mm. sending these plagues that were absolutely devastating, protecting the Israelites mm. yeah. and devastating for the Egyptians and basically addressing them one by one and saying, exerting himself as I am yeah. above, yeah. I am more powerful, I have authority, I have sovereignty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, it's, it. yeah, yeah, it's a really cool picture yeah. of... Why then he refers back to that in this scripture where we're anchored in Exodus 17 on this law of first mention. Mm. And they would have known what he meant. That's the thing because they've just experienced this only not that long ago. So mm. it's, it's like you say, it's fresh for them. Mm. They remember the plagues mm. and they remember what God did mm. yeah. to reveal himself in that way. Yeah. I, one thing I loved is the what I took from your message was the the healing and the restorative work that God wants to do in our lives is a lot deeper than what we think it is. Mm. Sure. Um, yeah, I like that. So our 
physical, worldly being can obviously lean to. And I think this is 100% a great thing, but our physical healing, our, Mm. you know, seeing amazing works done in the physical realm, but the healing that God wants to do in our lives is a lot deeper than that. Mm. And I think when we focus, I think there needs to be a focus on the church of praying for healing and seeing people's physical needs met and and restorative works happening in Mm. that space. But ultimately, the restorative and healing work that God wants to do in our lives is a lot deeper. Yeah. Maybe in the Israelites' case, it's their bitterness. Yeah. Maybe that's the part of their mm. deep being that needed to be healed. Um, and I think inside our lives, there's a lot more stuff. And in the world that we live in, it almost all needs to be restored, mm. all needs to be healed. And yeah. I think God is revealing his nature that in this deeply broken world that mm. we live in, God's desire is to not just to restore the things that we see, mm. but the things that are unseen inside yeah. our hearts, inside yeah. our emotions, in our spirits. Mm. There's a deep healing work that he wants mm. to do in us. And so it was a great reminder of that deeper healing that God mm. wants to do inside of us as people of God. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think, well, if it is, say, bitterness, you know, and you meet people, you know, who've had things happen to them, right? Like life is mm. tough, right? And and bad, terrible, costly things happen to people, mm. to all of us. Mm. And it's easy to become bitter mm. and it's easy to become hateful mm. and it's easy to become kind of get all twisted up in mm. our hearts. You know, why has this happened to me? And you know, and that must have been God's fault or that was, you know, you mentioned about blame. always needing someone to blame. And you think, man, how much more significant is the healing of someone's heart from that? Like if I could choose between that, healing for that for someone versus they, um, someone had a like a broken toe that got healed by Jesus, both are miraculous, mm. but give me the heart transformation mm. every single time. Mm. Like I'll live with a broken toe if I don't have to live with a broken heart. I think the other thing that's going on here is this invitation and this is one story of about four tests that the people of God go through in the Mm. in this part of Exodus and you can you can find that through Exodus 15, 16, 17, 18. But um so often we default to our old ways. And this was the piece around, you know, the people have been delivered from Egypt, but they're still a part of Egypt in them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for us to lean into that full restoration is hard because mm. we we find ourselves defaulting to old habits and yeah. old mindsets and old ways. And, and, you know, this is about an invitation to a deeper trust that the God we serve is bigger than all of that. So what you were just talking about just now, mm. um, an invitation to trust that God is good mm. and that he is our deliverer he is our ultimate provider our ultimate healer the Mm. restorer of all things um and learning to trust him with the future yeah yeah Mm. yeah you 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 asked the question this weekend and it goes into that deeper trust is what happens if i'm not healed Mm. and i was i remember growing up being sort of that question running in my mind but it also being addressed and that question in itself, I think, is a is a is a perfectly valid and reasonable question to ask for people who God's a healer. Mm. Why isn't He healing me mm. in whatever way that may be, right? And so we can 
lean into that space and go, well, God isn't healing me, but I think there, there is a mind mind um, set shift that needs to happen is God's ultimate healing and restoration of our lives is when we come into a relationship mm. with him in eternity. Right. Right. That's the ultimate healing. Mm. And any healing we experience in this realm right mm. here, it pales in mm. comparison yeah, yeah. It's a to seeing face to face. And so... I was once told that healing is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Right. And so, but sometimes that healing for some people, which is something that we need to reconcile and wrestle with, and this is that going deeper in trust in Jesus and putting our faith in him, mm. is that our ultimate and my ultimate healing is not found in this world. Mm. It's found in mm. the next one. Mm. And so I think that helps us understand mm. God's desire, mm. because I think ultimate desire for God, for us, is to be in relationship mm. with him forever in yeah. eternity. That's yeah, the yeah. ultimate mm. desire, yeah. and that's where healing's found, mm. not, it's true. not here. And not it's here. a tension we hold in that we believe in a God who can and does heal mm-hmm. and can and does heal miraculously. Yeah. Yep. And also we live in the tension of a fallen world mm. and the consequences of sin, yeah. Uh, yeah. sickness and death and yeah. And so we hold those. And I think sometimes where maybe the church capital C or um, maybe where we've, where we've not done a great job when we've talked about healing or where healing gets talked about is when we attach it to, and you might have, you might have had experiences of this or walked with people mm. who have been quite hurt mm. maybe in the past when people have said um, you didn't have enough faith and yep. so you didn't get healed. Mm. Yeah. And I think sometimes where that goes wrong is where we pick out individual scriptures and we don't look at them in their context Mm. and we just look at, you know, the scripture of the woman with the issue of blood and the only bit we look at is your faith has healed you but Mm. we don't actually see her story in the Mm. full context Mm. of what was going on. Mm. And so I think I feel sad when people have been hurt in that way but definitely Mm. um, in what I was hoping to share on the weekend and and our belief would be that, you know... um, that's definitely not the message of mm. of God to His people, or not the message of Scripture, and mm. and it's mm. it's so much bigger than that. And so, mm. um, you know, I think we have this, and you know, it's if we're praying for somebody to be healed, and you, we've all had experiences where we've prayed for somebody to be healed, maybe yourself, maybe someone else, and they haven't been healed. Does it mean we stop praying just because that person didn't get healed? We're not going to pray mm. for the next person, of course mm. not. Yeah. And it's learning to hold all those things mm. together and go, we absolutely believe that God yeah. can and will heal people. Yeah. We don't understand why he doesn't heal everybody and why, mm. why he heals some and mm. not others. But we continue to pray and mm. we continue to partner with the other things that we have been given mm. and medical professionals and you know, yeah. marriage counsellors and yeah. Yeah. Um, great financial strategies and yeah. and all the things that help you move towards health and wholeness and fitness in every area in every of area. your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and we don't just divorce the two. We don't say, well, we yeah. only pray and we don't take any personal responsibility. Yeah. Or the other way around, it's I'm, all on I'm me. not even going to yeah. trust God with yeah. any with this part of my life because I don't believe He can actually come through. Which was the mm. position that the people of God found mm. themselves in in Egypt. Mm. They had stopped believing that God could come through for them. Mm. Yeah. And they started relying on all these Egyptian gods mm. for their crops and their provision and their yeah. finance and their fertility. And we do that all the time. Yeah. We stop inviting God into certain areas of our life because we stop believing that he can actually bring a breakthrough. Mm. 
And so I think there's a greater invitation to trust there for us to con- to be inviting God into every area. If you're in a financial um, place of struggle right now, have you invited God into that place? Are you praying about it? Are you believing mm. for breakthrough? And are you doing all of the practical things to help improve yeah. that situation that are within your power to do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, one of the a scripture comes to mind as you say that because um, – we sometimes, and you're speaking to it a little bit, but like that, if God doesn't pull through for me, we begin to move to other things and we sort of move, well, God's not pulling full through. That's all, that cessationist sort of mm. idea. Well, if he's not doing it for me, then I don't believe in that sort mm. of stuff anymore. Mm. But one of the most powerful scriptures I've found in this area, and I think a good framework to walk in these sort of tensions of the miraculous being available but sometimes not seeing it is in Daniel 3 when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are brought before King Nebuchadnezzar. Mm. And they say this statement, they said that our God is able, he will, but even if he doesn't, we will still not bow down and worship your other gods. And so that's been a statement that I've held on to and I think it's a beautiful Mm. way to respond to these moments where we live in that, God's yeah. not yeah. bringing the miracle in between, yeah. but we believe God can yeah. is he's able. God is definitely able. He will. But even if he doesn't, yeah. I'm yeah. still going to worship yeah. him. Yeah. I'm still going to come under him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the that's the idea of living in a temporary world with mm. an eternal lens. Yeah. And realizing the bigger story that Yep, this world is fleeting and it's temporary, but we're mm. created for another world. Yeah. yeah, and so we can get, we can look and see with a with an eternal perspective. And mm. sometimes that's hard to do when you're yeah. in the moment of struggle and of pain and of suffering. Mm. It is hard to get yourself up and out of that to see that mm. bigger story. But yeah. I think you know that's um, we have the opportunity to rely on God in in mm. those times as well. Mm. Um, so. Um, we're running out of time, but a couple of thoughts on. We also talked on the weekend about um, native solutions, and mm. we talked about how God showed Moses the piece of wood, yeah. and it was a, something that was native to the area, similar yeah. to what you shared the week before in the Jehovah Nissi story about yeah. the staff, Moses's yeah. staff. Yeah. Um, and then you know we see other places in Scripture where that kind of idea pops up: the two loaves and the five fish. Mm. Yeah. Um, David and his sling and his five stones. Yeah. Um, just love to hear your thoughts on how we go about identifying some of those native solutions right in front of us, those pieces of restoration that might be in our hands or in our neighbour's hand. I think of the story of the paralytic man and it wasn't Mm. even his faith for his own healing. It was was his his friends friends that were like, you know what, we're going to figure out a way to get you through this crowd and they got him, they lifted Mm. tiles off the roof or thatch off the roof, whatever it was, and lowered him in. Mm. Colourbond, I reckon. Colourbond. Good old (laughs) colourbond. But they got him in front of Jesus. It was their faith. So who were the people, you know, I just Mm. wonder about like, you know, what are some ways we could think mm. about that and mm. look around us and see with new eyes mm. what the yeah. what the two loaves and five fish are or yeah. who are those four people around us that yeah you know yeah for sure for me i i'm a huge believer in this in terms of this is why i think one of the biggest strengths of being part of a church is yeah. you're surrounded by gifted and capable and anointed people yeah. who are different to you mm. right so um, so a few years ago I was thinking, man, I need to be able to learn how to manage my own personal finances better. 
So who are the five people that I know who are better at that than me? And they feel not just better at it like they know their way around a spreadsheet or that that's good, who I feel like they're anointed or gifted. Mm. And I'm going to ask them to pray for me. Mm. Like I want a little bit of that whatever it is that they've got that the Lord's given them in terms of managing that area of their life. I want that to rub off on Mm. me. And so I'm going to get them to pray for me and then maybe give ask them for a couple of like a couple of ideas mm. or a couple of tips. That helped a lot. That mm. helped a lot. Like it could be in any area. Someone who sometimes, you know, as a, as a leader, you struggle in a certain area or you might want to, you know, how do we do leadership development mm. better? Mm. Who's the best leadership development people that I know? I'm going to go ask them Mm. and not just ask them for ideas, but get them to pray for me. Mm. You know, they feel like native Mm. solutions to me Mm. that when we're connected in community, that's what we can, Mm. like that's part of what we can share together Mm. is like gifting Mm. and, you know, anointing if you want to use that word or. um, Or just health and wholeness. Like I think a lot of the time we have lots of prayer requests come through the life of our church every week. And at the moment there's a bit of a theme of prayer around marriages and we're doing alpha Mm. marriage, which is a great thing to jump on board. We've done it, such a great strengthening tool yeah. for your marriage. But if, when you look around you, whose Who marriage can you yeah. see that in their marriage looks healthy and whole and you would, you're inspired by how they're living and how, they, how they're working that out and how can you like get around that and invite those voices into your world? Maybe yeah. it's not marriages, but it could be anything. Navigating your future, how do I make wise decisions about yeah. what I'm going to study or yeah. what yeah. I want to do with my future? Or Yeah, yeah. yeah. what... what in terms of my career path, what's mm. my next best step? One what of the should greatest I do next? gifts of community, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Massive. Yeah. And there's, and I think the gleaning off, so we sometimes want every miracle and miraculous work to happen in us mm. when we can actually look in our church communities and there's actually been miracles and breakthroughs that have happened in the lives around us yeah, yeah. that we can actually, in, in, the, in a bad term, leech off. You know, yeah, we yeah, can yeah, sort yeah. of like cling to that yeah. and like... Mm. Yeah. Um, and so it's exactly what you're saying. There's some people who have just been given by some, they found themselves in a place that we go, I don't even know how you got there, but I want to be there. And just learning off them, putting yourself in relationship with them, standing close to them, like learning from them. Sometimes that's a miracle in itself, you yeah. know, being able to see the miracles in others and appreciate what God's given them yeah. and, and, and gleaning off that. Yeah. All right, well, we're pretty much out of time. Zeke, why don't you give us a sneak peek about what you're preaching about this weekend because you're up next. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, Preaching on the God who sees Mm. and um, looking at the story of Hagar and Sarai. And um, it's going to be – I'm very excited. It's been actually a a bit of a challenge like going through Mm. this passage of Scripture. But what what I would say is is this is going to be a really great message for people who are hurting. And people who maybe have been hurt in the past or there's some element of their life where they feel like God has not seen them. Mm. And so it's really going to be God's reply to the hurting. I feel that comes through really clearly in that story. So get excited. It's going to be a great message if I can pump myself up like that. (laughs) If people want to read the story ahead of time, what scripture are you Uh, Genesis 16. Genesis 16. Awesome. And we've been talking about Exodus 15 today. But thanks for joining us on this episode. Looking forward to catching up with you all again next week. Thanks, boys. See you guys. See ya. Catch you next time.